Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the Driving Mall Show um, here on New Zealand Sports Radio. Hi, I'm Paul and I'll be your host this evening, or at least co-host this evening. Um, we have a whole bunch of topics we're going to look at. Um, obviously, we're going to be talking Minor 10 Cup and Farrah Palmer Cup. We did the game-by-game -game review last night. So if you want a game-by-game -game review, then go check that out. Um, I did that with Ashwin. We'll also be talking about how South Africa is returning to rugby. Um, we'll probably pop uh, have a quick look at what's happening over in Europe um, as well, because, uh, yes, there's rugby happening over there. And uh, my co-host this evening, as always, is Mr. Stephen Harris. How are you doing, sir? So technical issues there is you can't find the, the unmute button. But apart from that, he's doing good. There. So he now he's now he's beyond the unmute. What a shocker. Uh, yeah, now always, always a privilege and a pleasure to be on the show when you've turned your mute back on. Yeah, mute on, mute off. Yeah. Oh, dearie me. Um, and uh, we have our stats expert, um, Boa. How are you doing, sir? Very well. My highlight of the week, being on this show. Welcome to the show, wherever you are. Pleasure to have you. Pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. And I, 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 it does scare me sometimes as to kind of uh, the, the, the level of the rest of Boa's week, if this is his highlight. But hey, thank you so much for, for flattering us. Uh, flattery gets you a long way. Um, and also, uh, we've got uh, um, our Minor 10 Cup starter this, this week, um, Dwayne. How are you doing, sir? Good. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for having me, team. Uh, good to be back on the show. Been missing for few weeks but uh yeah back on the show mate thanks for having me so so how many uh how many massages have, have you had to go through have you, have you managed to, to, to pack in in your recovery session so far well i'll tell you the first week man i was felt like um you know i haven't played in a few weeks so uh yeah got definitely got a few massages just to get the body back into action but uh now nah, it's been pretty good very good and um, rumours are that you've you've had a um, a little voodoo doll that you've been sticking with a pin to get to get Finney Christie to have a, have his appendicitis. <laughs> um, so you got your start there. So um, would you like to confirm or deny those, or, or are you, you going to stay quiet on that one? No comment. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear, I don't think we've actually had you on since the um, the news that you moved down to Tasman um, happened. I and mean, we've had a quick chat off air about it how how it happened very quickly. Um, it's uh, it's sort of intriguing to me uh, how these deals or how um, sort of players find different provinces um, and stuff. So I was wondering if you could just give us a little insight as to how uh, you end up um, sort of playing club rugby in Auckland. Um, apart from the coverage we gave you, I mean, no TV coverage. Um, so there's, there's no, uh, it's, it's not uh, sort of public out there of, of, of what you've been up to. Um, so how do the the coaches at the other end of the country hear about you um, and then find you a uh, and, and contact you or is it your manager shopping you around all the different provinces how does how does how, how do players find a, a provincial contract if it's not in their own province oh I guess uh, oh well, for me personally it was um, yeah you know I've been playing for Pakaronga for the last uh, few weeks um, so it was yeah it was just for me it was it wasn't in the picture to play my team 
uh, but obviously rugby works in uh, you know mysterious ways, and I was uh, very blessed um, to get the opportunity. Um, and you know, rugby in New Zealand is such a small world. Uh, you know, it's who you know, um, and um, you know, friends of friends of friends would know um, coaches, uh, and, and you know, our coaches as well are still uh, fairly young, um, so they're still tied in with people. Uh, who probably knew me from up here in Auckland, um, and only takes a phone call or, or, or you know, uh, you know, an email or something like that just to get in touch with uh, current coaches or seeing who's around, um, you know. And uh, I, I obviously got the opportunity through injury. Uh, their second halfback went down during the season, I think it was uh, playing club rugby, um, and, he, and he blew out his knee. So um, you know they were in trouble, um, and they so, sort of showed interest in uh, an experienced nine who's uh, played, um, you know, some some form of rugby um, and you know I was lucky enough to get the call um, obviously two weeks before the season even kicked off so uh, yeah as I said it was a quick turnaround uh, sort of packed up shop and now I'm here in Sunny Nelson so uh, yeah very blessed very very blessed and the um because it, it, it's, it's interesting because I, I did a post-match interview with Tony Lamborn um, who obviously was was playing for the Blues um, after after the, uh, the 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 Southland game against Bear Plenty, he's talking about how he's been talking with the head coach down there, sort of uh, well since Christmas, so pretty much all year, um, discussing what they're doing, and then you're talking about getting picked up two weeks before. So it, yeah, there's, there's clearly a, a wide range of ways that guys can end up um, in there, in those in, in those places. I mean, Stephen, you had a, an interesting one up in Northland as well with um, uh, with with uh, um, Prior up there, how he basically kind of uh, came in well under the radar. Oh, very, very much so. And, and Dwayne, congratulations as well. And I was going to say, you're much too modest, uh, mate. I've got to say, you know, you're, you're an international halfback. So um, any union would have been mad not to have looked at you as an, as an option, just to, just to have that extra cover there as well. So congratulations, firstly. Um, second thing is just on, yeah, just on Cara Pryor. Yeah, a real interesting one. He was hanging around he was in the wider wider training squad up in northland obviously a, a couple of injuries to um um the jacob jacobson i think his, his name is who plays uh, plays for for northland he's got head injuries at the moment and then also um uh Simone, uh naku uh, oh, i'm not even going to begin to, to try and pronounce his name but young fijian boy from uh from uh, Waipu, both injured, and Kara got his opportunity, and it's fantastic to see. But you can also see it with wise guy Fayani as well, who was actually outside. He came from the wider training squad, and uh, I've got to say, those two players, um, you know, despite Northern um, being on the end of a hammering last uh, Friday night, uh, I thought wise guy played well, and I thought Dan were probably probably the best for Northern. And Dwayne, you, you probably had a first-hand look yourself. Um, if you played against them, so I thought they went pretty well for Northern. Yeah, very much so. I played off both actually, wise guy and um, Kara. Kara back in phew, a couple of years ago for Auckland Bees. Uh, he always had the potential, uh, and just you know he did have a break uh, a couple of years ago. Um, so it's good to see him still running around. Still runs like an outside back. Uh, I think he chased down now a winger Lester Fanganuku on the wing. Mm -hmm. um, so a uh, very very talented um, player, um, along with the wise guy as well, who I. He, had the privilege of playing with him over at Pukuranga as well. So he was our team, young team, straight out of school, I think it was. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's good good to see him take the opportunities up north. Um, and, and I thought he played well, kicked well. Um, and, yeah, just, just one of those things, results didn't go their way. But I thought he handled himself quite well for a young team. So a uh, big future. But you, you're talking about Kara Pariah there, um, Stephen. You were talking about, actually, he came back, was playing club rugby. The, the coaches... Was set up in North Northland, didn't realise he'd come back at all. Turned up to a turn up to watch a um turn up to watch some club rugby to do some scouting, and it's like, oh wow, we've got a super rugby player from um, running around in our club competition. They didn't that um hasn't told us he's here, hasn't been asking for a contract, has turned up because he enjoys playing rugby for his club, um and gets selected. I think there's uh I think there's a whole bunch of guys at this level who um because it was also a prop for Tasman um. Who retired? Gone blank. Um, Perry, is it? I think it is. Tim, or, um, Tim Perry. Yeah, Tim Perry, who um, didn't say I'm retiring or didn't do any announcements. Just didn't sign a contract for the following year and went off onto his farm and went pig hunting. Um, and there's, there's, <laughs> no, 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 no announcement. No kind of send off or or, or thank you. Um, there's all guys. Yeah, just just playing for the fun of it. And 
just playing as high as they get asked to asked to play. Really, I think, which I think is is a great thing about the uh, the minor ten cup. Just just a, a quick question, Dwayne, and, and I think I'll bring Bo on on this one as well. Now I know that the Tasman region there's only really 10, 10 clubs down there, so I think there's five and five and um, on the Marlborough side and five on the Nel- on the Nelson side. So they do incredibly well, and there's obviously a little bit of talk about maybe players who have played Super Rugby and they've brought in a couple of players here and there. But boy, you, you've got to give that union big ups for not only when it comes to talent identification, but also the the, the local guys uh, that that are that they've actually brought into the competition, and they've brought some really good footballers. I know one of the uh, one of the props that was playing for Northland, uh, Tyler Tyler, Tyler Kearns, Kearns is yeah. is originally a, a a Nelson boy, and he was playing for Northland. And uh, boy, I think you'll you'll also remember Sioni Havili from the Auckland Club competition as well, boy. Indeed, indeed. And, um, so let me just add to the whole uh, scouting scenario. And first, firstly, let me start by saying congrats, Dwayne. I think uh, your performances in the Gallagher Shield for Pakaranga really earned you that spot. Um, you know, fantastic season. Uh, the the reality is um, nationwide, all the unions. Uh, you know, there's, there's there's a good informal coaching network. Uh, especially the high-performance coaches in the respective provinces. You know, they, they talk a lot to coaches uh, at club premier grade uh, in other provinces, specifically um, Auckland. Uh, for example, you know, uh, my club, Manuka Rowers, you know, obviously South Auckland, that's uh, a rich catchment area for talent. And we're, we're constantly in uh, informal chats with coaches right around the country. And there are certain KPIs they look for and they look for certain um, attributes and aspects and skills in players for specific positions. So I think Dwayne, you've um, made you you've done tremendously well, and uh, you know keeping someone out like Christie and I think on form, you know you have to be the starting halfback as we speak. Um, hopefully that will continue. Um, so it's 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 all about you know people networking and um, as the competition, especially the Gallagher Shield, as it unwinds. You know, uh, these discussions are being had, video being looked at, uh, you know, and, you know, always talking about, you know, how these players, what's the attitude like, uh, you know, what do they do at training? How do they respond? Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a big network. And I guess the, the lesson which needs to be learned is that if you do well at your uh, respective club, it's, it's only a matter of time before you get noticed and um, eventually that phone call will come. So I've just brought up on screen so folks can see the the, the 11 teams that are in the uh, um, the Tasman um, area. Yeah, so yeah, you're right. It is, is a, it is a small catchment when you think that um, uh, and, and talking to the head coaches there that they've they don't just pick from the top teams. If you feel good enough, even if you're playing for a losing team, you'll get selected for the Tasman um, uh, and given a chance uh, at, at my 10 cup level, which I think is a is a strong thing that we've seen from 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 several provinces. I, I talk to them in their to head coaches preseason because in club rugby should be about playing with your mates, and that's how we keep people in in club rugby. It's about playing with your mates. So uh, forcing people to say, "Oh, you've got to go somewhere to get selected," I think is a bad way of doing it. And we've seen that in some provinces. We're not going to name names and point fingers, um, but um, uh, yeah, it's good to see that in yeah somewhere like Tasman they they, they did go around all. And even if you have got teams like um, uh, gone. Blank, the uh, Wanderers down there who only won two games out of eight. Um, they'll, they'll sort of have the coaches there who have gone and um, uh, who have gone and uh, gone and seen them uh, and, and, and checked them all out. Um, so we have a question from the live chat for you, Dwayne. Um, who has stood out for you at halfback during the first two rounds of the uh, Minor Ten Cup? And they also and a nocturnal also says congratulations for getting into the Tasman squad. Um, I, I don't know how much other how much minor ten cup games you get to watch? Um, but uh, so yeah, yeah. Probably, you're probably looking at the Waikato um, bloke at number nine at the moment. He's mm-hmm. probably been the form nine. Um, scored a, a few uh, great tries. Uh, he's just been an all round sort of successful um, nine at the moment. Uh, along with his uh, halfback pairing um, as a reserve halfback as well. He's sort of coming in and put a little bit of a spark. Um, uh, when, when he goes off, so I think his name is Xavier. Um, I think it is. So 
So, yeah, so that's, that's, um, that's Xavier Rowe. And um, I'm just going to throw a quick link in the chat to my post-match interview with him the other day. Oh, nice. So, yeah, I think he's been the form nine. Um, and obviously, you've got the All Blacks boys who, who's been running around. Um, so, yeah, no, we've got some decent nines running around. But he, he's been he's been the form nine in terms of someone that no one knew. Um, and, and still sort of, sort of fairly young. I think he's only 20, 20 21. Uh, so some exciting times in, in the scrum half um, area for New Zealand. Yeah, young guy who um, he went down to uh, Taranaki and had a couple of seasons down there before. Um, he's a Waikato boy um, and has come back to Waikato. Um, as I say, the, just throwing the link there into the live chat for people who want to have that uh, Xavier Rowe um, interview. But yeah, and and you, and you mentioned yeah, he's the, the 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 reserve scrum half down there, and a lot of people. Um, when you sit when you sit in the media box, you hear a few comments um, from back backroom staff. It's not just media in there. There's all sorts of people who walk through. Uh, and yeah, there was, there was actually a bit of surprise to see that Xavier got the starting um, slot there. Um, and actually, the that so the guy on the bench didn't start because yeah, they're both very good. Yeah, both very nippy. But yeah, Xavier's really stepped up and, and, and had a great start to that one. Um, uh, the, so this is kind of interesting, isn't it? Is uh, Right says there's an opening in the next couple of years coming up with the All Blacks. Is there really? I mean, I think both Aaron Smith and CJ Piranara are signed through to the next Rugby World Cup. You kind of wonder, as as a uh, as an up and coming um, scrum half, do you look at that and go, "Geez, I might as well go overseas because I'm not going to get an All Black cap." I mean, uh, what do you, um, Stephen? I, I, um, Boa, I, it's, a bit, it's a bit harsh to put that one on on, on Dwayne. Um, what do you guys you, you think having those guys sort of signed for, so for, for through to the World Cup is is is, uh, is, is we'll, we'll put a block on other guys coming through? What you can take that. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, uh, with, 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 with what's currently happening and uh, the level of competition, um, you know, yeah, look, Europe and you know other countries, they're you know, not a bad option for for, for making money. But um, yeah, just I, I just feel staying local, playing in the competitions, uh, trying to trying to work your way through. You, you're never out of the picture. You're never out of the picture, and I think it's important that uh, you you got to make a decision based on a certain timeline. So with younger players, if they're willing to stick it out for twenty four to thirty six months and improve their game and work on. Because you know, there's a lot of quality coaching stuff around. There's a there's a lot of uh, uh, learning resources around, and of course, uh, you know, if you hang around some good enough players, and and uh, provinces are looking to beef up their squads with wider training groups. All you need is uh, one opportunity, and if you're good enough, you take it, um, and you get better. So my view of the world is: I think the longer you stick around, the harder you work on your game. And actually have a good line of communication with your high-performance coaches. You work on certain aspects of your game. You know, you're always a chance. Uh, but I guess, you know, um, you've got to wait up. If you want to be a professional rugby player and want to make a living out of it, the temptation is great. Best example being Ben Lan. You know, straight away into the, um, the Parisian team. I was looking at some of his highlights and, man, he ripped everyone up. To shreds and it just goes to show that how how good a talent pool we have here in New Zealand um, and it's you know the, the rugby which is currently being played is absolutely next level yeah Paul, I mean all I was about all I was about to say I reckon it was the weekend of the halfback because if you saw some of the performance by our halfbacks over the weekend and that that includes Dwayne's performance on that uh, on Friday night, boy, we, we saw some outstanding other performances as well. If you, we work our way back from yesterday, I thought TJ just ran the cutter at Eden Park yesterday. The game, pre, a couple of games I was uh, switching switching between um, the Hawks Bay and um, the Manawatu. Manawatu well beaten, but Aaron Smith outstanding in a beaten team. And, of course, Brad Weber and uh, also Jonathan uh, Tamatane for uh, for Counties Monaco, very, very good as well. But all the halfbacks, Milo Harris, I thought was good for Taranaki. On uh, also on um, when was that Saturday, Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening? So, gee, I thought all the halfbacks, and of course, Xavier Rowe, we haven't even got to him. All the halfbacks on the weekend, you've got to say, 
absolutely excelled. And even the uh, two halfbacks, I think Tatuiroa Tahuarangi was pretty outstanding for, uh, I think he was the man of the match for Bay of Plenty on Saturday night. Yeah, so the halfbacks, uh, they're just on fire at the moment, some of our halfbacks. And it's almost like the top guys have put the bar up there and the rest of them have all said, man, we're going to follow you. So um, that nocturnal rights could be right if if younger guys keep playing with with this sort of with this sort of form, um, you know the only way you really lose your place if your form drops off and somebody's better than you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you've you've got TJ and obviously and Aaron at the top there. I mean, we're talking about some other players um, in this one. I mean, Finley Christie, he's what he's twenty six. Triple T is twenty five. You got Sam Knock running around twenty four. Milo Harris twenty three. I, and then we're talking about Xavier Rowe and all these other. I mean, there's a lot of young um, uh, scrum halves running around um, at the moment. Um, it really is, um, uh, yeah. It, it's uh, it, it's it's kind of scary. Um, what we need is more tall guys. We're, we're lacking in locks. So yeah, we need to, we need to, um, we need to get the stretching racks open uh, on on and get get kids on the racks getting getting stretched to be tall enough. Um, just, just really, just that door, um, you know, especially with uh, you know young potential players looking to go overseas, the safest places right here, right now in New Zealand. So, I think you know, if anything, uh, young guys who are probably off contract or looking for a contract, the safest place is probably here in New Zealand. And and you know, as Boris sort of mentioned, the coaching pool here um, is so good that you, you know your your game itself should improve uh, week in week out. If, and if you're not listening to the coaches, then you there's something wrong because the coaching pool here is just yeah second to none. So it's probably the best right now. Paul, I was going to say um, uh, TJ's performance yesterday, whilst there was some fantastic performance from halfbacks, I'd have to say TJ's performance yesterday, um, when you think about it, his pick, especially at scrum time, was under under pressure under under pressure big time. But he knew exactly how to, I think manipulate's probably a bit of a harsh word, basically run run the cutter with, with both the referee and from the back of the scrum. And a good halfback knows when his, the scrum is under pressure. He'll just get it in and get it out. They didn't muck around. And I think between him and Artie, they just controlled the back of that scrum beautifully. But, uh, yeah, that great half, great performances. And I think Xavier Rowe, I think he has to come into that conversation as well. He was so good for a young guy. And gentlemen, what also what I have to say is with the uh, current Myriton NPC squads, once the All Blacks are taken out of the equation, um, that means more opportunity for some of these younger guys. Um, so all it means is that they'll, they'll, they'll get noticed. They'll get noticed. And then players from the wider squad, or i.e. the contender squads, come into the main squads. So, you know, there's, 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 there's so many avenues. And it's, it's a case of working on your game. Um, and as Dwayne pointed out, uh, the because of technology and because provincial coaches are always looking to get a get an edge in high performance, you know, there's a lot of communication happening between um, provincial coaches, super coaches, and club premier grade coaches, and a lot of information gets passed up and down. Um, I know for a fact that, for example, you know, the Auckland coaches they talk to myself and my coaching staff at Manukau, and you know, they they ask us to work with certain players on certain um, KPIs, certain skills. And we pass that information back onto that. It's no different with what Dwayne is doing. I mean, he has a fantastic coach in John Clough, uh, former coach of the year in Auckland Rugby uh, at Pakuranga. You know, um, all that experience, all that skills, they get put, you know, to good use. There's a lot of collaboration going on. So, you know, it's, it's you know, this is a, a purple little patch for uh, New Zealand rugby. Um, hopefully, NZR and all the other, uh, you know, all the provinces make use of it. Um, we're not short of player talent, and we're not short of these players getting opportunity to go and do their thing. So, hopefully, we have enough players sticking around, use the homegrown option, um, and just keep pushing the bar. So, on a uh, yeah, it's, uh, talking about going back to the the, the, the TJ one uh, again. Um, got an interview with him after the game in Auckland yesterday. Uh, I've not put that one up yet, but I'll put I'll be putting that one up after the show. So um, so look out for that one on the uh, New Zealand Sports Radio Facebook page. And TJ does talk about how he went against Xavier Rowe. Um, and I also asked him uh, about the different levels of, of, of pressure um, that he that he faces at All Blacks versus 
Midas versus um, Super Rugby versus Midas Ten Cup, and he said, "Look, the pressure I put my, on myself is way more than you guys in the in the media can do." Um, and Dwayne, how when, when you're playing um, in Fusamoa or when you're playing uh, for uh, over there in MLR or here in uh, Midas Ten or or in club rugby, how does the uh, how do you react to I guess the 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 pressure or the external external stimuli of playing in those games? Obviously, you have bigger crowds for the at Super uh, at the Rugby World Cup than you have playing for Pakaranga. Does that alter how and um, how, how you feel during the game? No, for me personally, I, I'm pretty okay with pressure. Like, I, I can. Um, I think as a player, um, as long as you're going through your processes and you you know yourself personally that you've done all you can during the week to prepare for that game um, then there should be no fault um, you know you know yourself if you've given 120 percent in your preparation um, during the week you know nutrition um, you know your homework and in terms of reading um, the game you know catching up with coaches on feedback what you can do better the next day um, so I think I guess for me personally it's just breaking down each day uh, knowing what my role is um, especially you know as a nine um, what I'm doing, if it's 120%, uh, and if I'm delivering the right pull, um, kicking the right box kickers and stuff like that, if I'm doing that 120%, going into the game, there should be no pressure. Um, you know, and I guess if it's all pretty much cliche, but if you're listening to the outside noise, then you're, you're worrying too much. You know, you're letting that affect you. Um, so, yeah, and that's a whole other conversation about, you know, mental health and stuff like that. So, yeah, I guess it's just what the pressure you put on yourself is, is pretty much the pressure you're going to um, go into each and every game. But if, I think uh, the biggest thing for me coming back home in New Zealand and um, especially playing in Tasman um, is the enjoyment factor. Um, you can tell um, with the coaches, they, they've given us the license to, you know, with confidence, throw the ball around when it's on. Um, and it's not risky football. It's just playing with confidence and, and having that enjoyment factor. And, you know, the, the tries that we score, are purely structured. It looks like it's unstructured, but it's actually, you know, a lot of the plays are structured. So, and that comes from enjoyment factor and trust within the team. So, yeah. Hopefully that so, as, as as half the team from Tasman are heading off now to the to the All Blacks, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the um, oh, sorry, sorry, look, you, you've got teams like Tasman, Canterbury, Auckland, Wellington, clearly who are going to be more impacted. Um, I don't. Th- Think Southland have got one player uh, in the All Blacks. Well, they're probably the only ones that don't. Um, so we've got a whole range of of, of provinces. Some with uh, say Southland, we probably no 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 uh, disruption. Northland, um, Manawatu losing like one player uh, in Goodhue and Aaron Smith, uh, and uh, so all the way through to um, Auckland, where you've got Caleb Clark, um, Patrick Tupolotu, um, to um, Hoskins, Tutu, Ikiriwani. Um, uh, Rico Iwani and uh, there's going to be other guys I've forgotten um, as well who who are there. Um, guys, how much do you think we're going to? How much do you think we can take from the first two rounds uh, as a projection as to how we're going round three? I mean, are we are we going to see total f- some some fairly wide variations in form, or do you think uh, actually the first two rounds are going to be a good guide even with the All Blacks being removed? Well, firstly, Paul um, Canterbury, regardless of losing their All Blacks, will be bloody grumpy. <laughs> They'll be they'll be grumpy they'll be grumpy as hell and uh, the guys that come into that side will will want to prove a point um, th- that I can tell you so I don't really know if they will drop their standards too much about what they put in sure they lose a little bit of experience there but the guys that come in they're a very proud union so they're not going to be easy and I think Tasman are, are very similar you you know whilst you, you're losing a few guys you've still got some Super Rugby experience you've still got some guys to to call on i mean to say your your, your wingers you're still going to have the likes of uh mark T- T- uh, talia david Harvili, guys like that running around i think there's a boy jamie spoart who's uh down there as well speaking of auckland guys hey they often say they say this too they often say when auckland rugby strong new zealand's rugby strong i actually believe that a hundred percent of the time i know there'll be some people thinking that i'm actually on drugs but if you look at the amount of Auckland players that are farmed around New Zealand, it basically props a lot of provinces up. Anyway, that's another story for a, for another day. And then you've got the, the likes of uh, Dwayne likes that. Um, then you've got the likes of Wellington. Wellington will be strong. They're a, they're a good young side, and they play an attractive brand of rugby, and they've still got the core. Those sides will still be 
hard to knock over. Sure, it might bring them back to the field a little bit, but boy, to knock over to knock over a premiership side, especially the the four better ones, and even if you look at Auckland's depth. Auckland's depth is, is pretty strong. You're still going to have, uh, you know, you're still going to have Plummer and, and, and Ruru in, in the halves. You're still going to have uh, Fayani at, at second five. They'll, they'll still put a decent side out on the paddock, some of these um, strongly, stronger unions. The, um, Dwayne, are, are you expecting differences or, or, or do you think we're, we're the, actually, yeah, the, the, the strong unions will stay strong and the ones oh, that have been struggling will still struggle? Yeah, just like what Stephen said, I think a lot of the bigger unions uh, are well equipped and, and sort of were aware of um, their All Blacks going. Um, and I guess the, the challenge now is, is probably on the, on, on the individuals. You know, it's time for them to step up, take the opportunity. Um, you know, and, and a lot of those All Blacks, uh, you know, probably knew that they were going to be there for two weeks. The guys in waiting um, knew that they were going to get the opportunity. So it uh, depends on how each team and each individual see it. Is it a challenge or is it a you know a risk? Um, and man, if if they're willing and able to embrace it, uh, I'm sure a lot of the teams will step up. Uh, we'll probably yeah, as Stephen said, Auckland, uh, who I know a fair bit of, uh, are well equipped. They've you know they've got numbers through and through internationals who are in waiting as well because obviously they're, they're blessed of so many good props. Um, so in their core group, you know they've still got the nine tens, as Stephen sort of said. Uh, Fayane is running the cutter as well and then obviously just um, a change in, in the midfield which wouldn't be too hard I think they've got a couple of super rugby boys in waiting as well uh, Canterbury on the same you know same thing um, you know guys who just will drop in and change and Canterbury's just a strong union um, you know very very lucky to have their players as well so but, uh, I don't think much will change um, obviously just a couple of superstar names in the, in the lineup but other than that there'll still be some exciting uh, rugby in the next couple of weeks now, just breathing in before I do this. Obviously, got the um, got, 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 got the got the Naki jersey on, um, as they've uh, as, as as they've got the Ranfurly shield. I'll be honest; I would didn't rate Naki this year um, at all. Uh, I, I I thought they were going to struggle, um, and uh, I'm yeah. I, I I still think that uh, that losing the two Barretts and um, Vaia, um, I, I think they're going to struggle. Um, without that leadership, um, Bella, what's your thoughts? Do you think they'll they'll uh, they're, they're they're up for 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 a couple of good um, Ramfelli Shield defenses, or do you think they're going to struggle having lost those three? Well, first of all, uh, I think all the provinces uh, they've planned and they're actually quite ready. Especially Auckland, you know, they've made uh, their calculations based on not having a single All Black, and you know they've got plenty of reinforcements, and this will give opportunities to some of those. Fringe players who are just uh, you know knocking on the door to get a super rugby contract, um, and I'm actually expecting all the provinces to play more rugby with ball in hand, because most of these players coming in, you know, they'd want to prove a point. Um, and given that we've had two rounds, um, you know, the round fitness is good. We're going to see some exciting rugby. So it's not going to have a huge impact. But coming back to your question, Taranaki, yeah, I think they'll struggle a little bit because uh, for me, the highlight. Uh, in the Taranaki game against Canterbury was uh, there was a loose cross kick from Richie Maunga uncontested straight into the hands of Jordy Barrett. Barrett throws his big wide cutout pass attacking that right edge. Who gets the ball? Bowden Barrett. He absolutely rips the grass. Looks for the space. Pricks his ears. Goes for the corner flag. Gets an inside pass. Fantastic rugby. So I think these two boys will be missed. Um yeah, um, I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, Taranaki can offer. And hopefully, the um, Ranfurly Shield reign as champions will last longer than one game. Oh, oh really? Hopefully, hopefully. Jeez. Nocturnal rights in the live in the live chat's like, no, no, no. I want Otago to win it and to bring it down south. Um, <laughs> Stephen? Um, you know, I think this... This Taranaki team, regardless of losing their All Blacks, they'll still be on a high. They'll they'll want to keep that shield. They 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 want to show that this is not just a a flash in the pan. They've got Otago. Unfortunately, maybe the game that could be one heck of a game. But we know Auckland always get a torrid time down in in New Plymouth. Although it won't be in New Plymouth this year, it'll be in Ingl Inglewood, and, and that could that could be a great road trip to go down and watch an Auckland take on Taranaki. Uh, that particular weekend and, and mark that one in your calendar Saturday the 10th of October now 
that could be that could be a crucial game for Taranaki. But you just know they lift. You know, Dwayne's probably felt it in the past when he's played for maybe an, an Auckland development side. They all love to knock over Auckland, especially Pretty with the, 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 the rural teams. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if some of these teams are going to drop their standard too much. It'll, they'll be very, very tough to beat. Especially against Auckland, um, I think Wellington showed the perfect blueprint. Um, Auckland this year are reliant on line speed, lots and lots of line speed in defence. And I think Garden Bishop uh, with that cross kick right across the paddock where West Houston takes a perfect, perfect pitch of a catch, dots it down. That's 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 pretty much the blueprint to beat um, you know line speed where yeah. defences just rush right up and don't worry about that outside channel. Uh, so most of these coaches, most of these teams would have taken notes and uh, it'll be interesting to see how they uh, look to exploit Auckland's defensive uh, pattern. Boy, I was going to say, Jackson Garden Bishop is a player I absolutely admire because he is not shy to try that cross kick. Even if it doesn't work a first time, he'll actually try it again. And what I'm starting to notice with his game is a lot more consistency. And, and I mentioned TJ how well he played yesterday, but I thought those two together, along with Artie, boy, they were the catalyst. And then you had the Energizer Bunny, uh, Moore running around, making mm. monstrous tackles in the second half, and he carries so hard. And I've got to say, Wellington's one of those teams, boy, when they are on form, they're, they're a real attractive side to watch when they get it right. Um, obviously, their set piece, they got away with it yesterday. Auckland weren't quite good enough to, to exploit it, but yeah, just love that confidence that uh, Jackson Garden Bishop shows, and he'll he'll try something. And he's, you know, it's it's killing a lot of teams. That cross kick is going to kill a lot of teams because he's so accurate with it. Yeah, but also the chips in behind as well. There are lots of chips in behind. There was no sweeper there to collect it. Um, and uh, yeah, and TJ yeah did a lot of that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Again, that comes down to Auckland's defensive pattern. This yep. you know line speed. It's called killing the man. They try to kill. The movement within two passes, so it's it's a risk reward sort of strategy. If you if you're on and if you you know make sure that you make those tackles uh, first up, so good. But again, kudos to Wellington; they really outthought and they were prepared for line speed and they kicked right behind. Um, also, one thing I have to say, Auckland, you know that first try, you know uh, the uh, what I call the fishtail mall, brilliant execution. Went uh, throw goes to the tail number six takes it, sets up the driving mall. And they, they shepherd it infield towards the goalpost. Brilliant tactic. For some strange reason, Auckland just deviated from that tactic and invited Wellington right back into the game. Oh. So, Stephen. I, I've, got a, I've got a question for Dwayne. Listen, I, sometimes when you see that winger unmarked out on the far side of the field, like to me, it's leaving your front door, like leaving your front door open in West Auckland. You're just inviting somebody. <laughs> oh, to, to come. Oh. It's like well, you're inviting somebody to come into your place. It's it's as simple as that. <laughs> hey, look, you can't just stay for West Auckland though. If you do it, if you look, hey, if you, if you if you if you do it in Meadowbank or Marera, you're asking for the same thing, mate. Not oh. God, dearie me. I Unfortunately, we have history. But I was going to say to Dwayne, when when you can actually see something, when you can actually see a picture of what a team are intending to do, do you actually bet? Do you actually bet that defensive pattern, even though your winger might sort of come in a bit and defend, or are you thinking to yourself, man, is this guy? If we put enough pressure on the first five. To, so, so he fluffs his execution, kicks it too far, or just puts pressure on him. Is that pretty much the plan, or do you do you say, listen, we'll 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 send a guy, we'll put a guy sort of halfway between in and defending out? Yeah, I guess it depends on the defensive uh, patterns and, and sort of certain teams that uh, know how to defuse it. Um, and either we, you know, you leave last and, and the fullback will cover that. You know, we can talk about different things or variations on, on defence. Um, and, yeah, just like what you said, Auckland probably went hard um, in the midfield and, and thought that the best uh, place to deal with Wellington was, was probably straight through the middle of line speed. Um, and probably the beauty about what Wellington did was they adjusted and probably took a step back and allowed them to come, invited them, and, and pretty much launched those kicks either just in behind or to the winger. And, you know, 
And you've got wingers like Wes Houston and, and also on the other side as well. Um, finished those um, beautiful kicks by um, Bishop. So Dwayne, I think was, the, the, sorry, I was going. I was going to say, was that also a sign of respect for the Wellington midfield of, of Umanga Jensen and Vince Hassel as well? I'd say so. Yes, um, you know, you, you probably don't want to give them time with ball in hand, uh, and you, I mean, Vince finished a few great tries um, purely because of speed, but. Give Vince and guys like that proper time um, in the midfield as well. Uh, among a Jensen, sorry, and you know you you're probably gonna um, they're gonna have a field day just like any other team. You give them space and time, um, you know they're gonna score some points. And, and Auckland probably saw as that cutting their space, uh, probably forgetting about the outside and, and trusting that someone their last man will will collect or finish the tackle. And, and probably didn't work out the way they did. Um, and Wellington nullified that really well. Um, like I said, probably took a step back, held their depth, invited Auckland to come and then make the decisions. Um, mm. You know, gave them time and space to, you know, as a 10, Bishop just controlled it beautifully, either mm. kick over the top, as I said, or, or just to the corner. So I think Wellington played it really well. Um, and um, Auckland maybe didn't adjust uh, their defensive plays. Uh, who knows? Um, yeah, so and Wellington came away with the win. You guys, with, with, with line speed, you, you know, you see this a lot in the European Championship, uh, Japan. It, it works really well because the attack patterns are quite flat. They play flat mm -hmm. off the ruck or set piece. Whereas here in New Zealand, teams are very good at adjusting and attacking from depth. So that makes a huge difference. Uh, a really good example I can give you is the best proponent of attacking from depth was the um, Australian and Brumbies first five, uh, David Knox. You know, during the, the, the Greek and Larkham days, they used to attack from depth. And no matter how fast you come up, they always had time. And they were very good at using the cross kick. Now, if you re recall the uh, North v South game, that last play where we had Air Jordan flying through the air, Joshua Ioani puts that cross kick. So, again, there's lots of similarities, lots of learnings. It's been transferred. Um, and Garden Bishop, obviously, you know, trying to play to a certain template and use certain tactics which are effective. And again, this comes back to what I said before. There's a lot of um, you know cross communication. There's a lot of information sharing at high performance level, um, and hopefully, some of these um, younger players get access to it, learn quickly, um, and put it out on the field. And then they will get noticed, and the higher honors will keep coming. So I just want to come move to both. We're talking a lot about New Zealand. Um, and we've got some other things going on. So South Africa is returning to rugby. Wow. Yes. Um, so, folks, what do we have? On the 26th of September, we're going to have a, a Super Rugby double header um, in South Africa. They're following that up with Green versus Gold, um, which um, is going to happen on the 3rd of October. And then they head off into what is being called Super Rugby Unlocked. Um, between the 10th of October through to the um, uh, 21st of November. And whoever's at the top of the league at that point will win the Vodacom Super Rugby Unlocked title. They will then carry on um, playing through to the 23rd of January. Um, and those extra games will also carry count towards the Curry Cup semi-finals and a final on the 23rd of January. Wow. Play um, Now, Dwayne, have you played over in South Africa? Um, no, 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 you haven't. Good, okay. Really good. Heard good news. Good things. Uh, good things. I'm not sure you've heard good things about playing in January in South Africa, though, in the, middle, the scorching hot middle of summer. Um, so, um, Hugh, a friend of the show, um, always tells me that look, um, for the first rounds of um, basically during February and March, during uh, if, if you're playing away, uh, if you if you're looking at a Sharks game in Durban, you're not going to get a try bonus point because there is it's just too hot to play rugby and too hot to run. These guys will be playing through till 23rd of January. So good luck to them there. That is going to be an absolute scorcher. Um, but um, guys, have you guys heard of the, the concepts around the uh, green and gold um, competition? Hear this one yet? So what's going to happen is the uh, Springbok coaches are going to take a split themselves up into green and gold, a bit like the north-south we had here in New Zealand. They're then going to take a pool of 40 players 
I think it is. No, it can't be 40 players. It's more than that because you'll see 23 on each side. So it must be 60 players. Um, uh, and then they're going to play schoolyard tactics. Basically, each coach gets to select one player uh, and they take it in turns to select players out of that pool of players to, to make up their squad. So, yes, none of this kind of um, uh, Ian Hansen deciding who's going to play where. This is the two coaches are going to sit down and go uh, and have all the players lined up in the playground and go, I'll take Henry Pollard. And the other guy will go, oh, well, I will have, um, uh, I've gone blank now, Bismarck de Police. I don't know why I'm saying him because I don't know he plays anymore. But anyway, um, so do, you, do you like? Pollard's gone. He had a, a terrible, unfortunate knee injury. And they've actually made 94, 94 players in this wider Springbok selection squad for schoolyard tactics. So there you go. Um, so, yeah, so, so what are your thoughts on the schoolyard ta tactics and um, uh, in, in, in their voice? Look, for, first of all, I have to say there was a lot of noise coming out of South Africa uh, with some of their former greats saying the Springboks should not, I repeat, should not play in the rugby championship. So I thought that was quite an interesting concept because here you are, um, the reigning world champions who don't want to play the game, they are world rugby champions in. Um, so I think there's a, a, a little bit of a, a credibility issue there because they were afraid of getting hiding. And I think uh, I can I can see that side of it. But the reality is, uh, as fans, we just want to see rugby. So uh, a rugby championship without the reigning world, the reigning world champions, uh, you know, is is not quite a championship. Um, and, and, and before you go further on that one, money will talk. Every union needs money at the moment. <laughs> they'll front up their team. Yeah, absolutely. And look, if you're, if you're afraid of getting hiding, say so. And, uh, you know, just just play with who's willing to play. I mean, it's a free world. You can't force players and coaches. Just show up and do your thing. And it's just, it, it applies the same for the All Blacks and the Wallabies and the Pumas. Um, you know, you can't force people if players don't want to be part of it. Fine, no problem. Pick those who want to be. So, Dwayne, how would you feel about having a public selection in that way um, as, a, as a player, where the two coaches are publicly selecting who they want in order? Uh, it's a bit like when you're back at school and uh, you definitely don't want to be the last one to get picked because, uh, you know, that's a bit embarrassing, eh? But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, different tactics uh, to, to what the north-south and stuff. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely different. Um and yeah, it'll just it'll be interesting to see how that works out. Uh, but probably a good thing for them as well. They've got a big talent pool. Um, a lot of players probably haven't played rugby due to COVID, so uh, run the risk of injuries as well. So you know, yeah, they probably have to have a big pool of players to pick from, anyways. Stephen, Stephen, yeah, you kind of. I, 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 in terms of ideas, that's about as out there as I've ever heard in my life. For starters. Um, Seriously, why not? Here's a novel idea. Why not just pick pick what you perceive as your best side and put them up against guys who are trying to make that best side like a proper trial? It's to me, it's it's absolutely nuts. You know, there's um the, the rivalry in South Africa is 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 huge. You know, the guys the guys that live up on the high belt don't exactly like the guys who live down on the on the seaside towns like in in Durban and in Cape Town, etc. So. I, I just don't, I really don't get it. It's, um, yeah, it's something out of uh, left field, if, if you know what I mean, guys. I, I think they would be better off putting the best side and putting the pressure, because when you've got guys who want to make that side, that's the only way you actually get a, a good amount of pressure, guys who want to make, make that particular side. It's weird, weird to me, but then again, this is South African rugby we're talking about. Yeah, and guys, look, I, I really don't see what the problem for the Springboks showing up because most of their guys are playing in Europe. Uh, I mean, if you look at the if you look at the European and also the French uh, competitions, you know, it's it's completely littered with um, South Africans. So yeah, there's your talent pool, and I think they're just making excuse of and being afraid of getting a, a good old fashioned thumping. Um, and, and, and yeah, you, look, you can see that's coming from in the fact that look, the New, New Zealand have been playing. Now, or New Zealand teams and Australian teams have been have had lots of uh, match practice, and they basically had none, right? So you can understand why why where where, it, where it's coming from. But personally, yeah, I don't think it should happen. But the yeah, talking about the green and gold thing, I put out a Twitter poll. Um, I thought they they might have done a, a coast versus country 
um, kind of style, like the uh, basically you've got um, the Stormers and the and the uh, and the Sharks on the coast, and you've got the Lions and the uh, Bulls as your country teams. Um, but um, as you can see from my Twitter poll, green and gold um, got the uh, one. So people, it, it's caught the imagination of the public, and you've got to say that is a um, uh, that's an important. Um, uh, I guess important part of this because yeah, it's about getting it's about getting, it's about providing entertainment um, to a certain degree. Aaron says, "How would you get team cohesion? It's a one-off game. Um, it's just to give the guys a run out more than anything else. Um, it's not as it's not as um, a serious game in the same way that a rugby championship one is. Uh, so yeah, so I think that's um, uh, yeah, you're not going to get team, team cohesion in that game. North versus South clearly you do because Canterbury." Basically, is the South team, isn't it? Um, the um, so yeah, there is some 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 there. So um, uh, so yeah, so interesting um, from uh, uh, yeah, I, I, and it's not look, it's not a serious game, but it's one that I think is going to catch the imagination has has caught the imagination of the public, which I think is is going to be a good thing from an, from um, yeah from a marketing point of view and from just a, uh, an eyeballs point of view. And uh, just uh, answer uh, Aaron's uh, question there, how they're going to get cohesion. You have to understand, uh, Rasi Rasmus, as director of coaching in South Africa, he has earmarked most of these players in the high-performance program. So it's not that they're completely new to each other. Uh, so there's probably some method to this madness of picking uh, schoolyard stuff. Uh, so I guess it's just a matter of you know um, getting some training runs together. It's not going to be perfect. But I don't think that's the whole idea of this exercise. The, the idea is to see who can actually put their best foot forward and put their hand up for selection uh, to be a springbok. Yeah, it, it, it's a trial match. It's not a serious. Yeah, exactly. Um, the um, just for those who are wondering, um, when I was talking about the, the uh, so Super Rugby Unlocked is going to include obviously Vodacom Bulls, the um, LC Sharks, the Emirates Lions, the DHL Stormers. They'll be joined by the Toyota Cheetahs, the um, Fast. Uh, Fakisa, Pumas, and um, my favourite team, purely because they're sponsors, um, the Tafel Lager Grikas. Um, yes, I'm going for the team that's got the beer sponsor. So there we go. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to see. It's going to be fun to see the build up. I think it's going to be plenty of fun uh, banter in the um, on social media between players around. Hey, you were picked 23rd. Um, I was picked fourth. Um, I'm so much better than you are, kind of stuff. Um, I think, so I think it's going to be fun to see how how that goes. As Dwayne says, you wouldn't want to be picked last. That's for certain. Um, well, the first the, the first player to be picked will be Cheslin Colby. Man, he's having an outstanding, outstanding run of form. Uh, some highlights. If you guys want to check it out on YouTube? Just go Cheslin Colby stepping. You know, you, you you some serious ankle breaking happening there. It is. I think the green and gold is just purely going to be South African based players. Um, so I don't think the European players will be released for that. Um, but so I think the green and gold piece will will, will be um, will be South African based players. But the uh, yeah the rugby championship should should have the European based players um, in there. The um... <laughs> oh dear me, I'm sorry we're putting you to sleep there, 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 there Stephen. With the um, with the, we, we we can drop you off the off the, off the show. Don't worry. There you go. You, you you you've gone now. You you, you can go to sleep. Um, the um, theory. <laughs> so, um, just to give you up to date. So, uh, um, last weekend we got around to um, Waikato North Harbour uh, in the Minor Ten Cup. I caught the end of Bay of Plenty versus Waikato. I was at Bay of Plenty Southland in the Minor Ten. Uh, so that was the Farrah Palmer Cup, and then we're at Auckland for Auckland Counties in the Farrah Palmer Cup and um, Auckland Wellington in the Minor Ten Cup. This coming weekend, folks. Um, we're down to level one in the rest of the country outside of um, Auckland, which means crowds. Yay! So if you are going to be at um, the Farrah Palmer Cup game, Bay of Plenty versus Taranaki over um, at um, Blake Park um, in Mount Monganui, uh, um, then uh, give me a shout. I'm going to head over to there to that game. Stephen will be um, heading around the corner and, uh, yeah, um, bridge traffic per permitting. Hopefully he'll make it on time to Kumu. Um, for um, North Harbour versus Auckland in the Farrah Palmer Cup. So those two games are on Saturday. Then on Sunday, um, Stephen will be uh, covering Auckland Manawa 2 uh, at Eden Park in the, in the Minor 10 Cup. And I'll be getting down to Counties for Counties versus Northland in the Farrah Palmer Cup, followed by Counties versus um, 
Northland in the Minor 10 Cup. So, uh, yeah, we'll be covering five games in the Farrah Palmer Cup and Minor 10 Cup this weekend. Three from the Farrah Palmer Cup, two from the Minor 10 Cup. There you go, folks. Three women's games, only two men. That's got to be that, – that, that's a first. That's, um, so there we are. Um, I've gone blank. I forgot, forgot what the 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 um oh the player's name on on, on Twitter, who makes a, who shouts a lot about it. She'll, she'll be loving it that we're going to get more more female games than male games this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, the um so that's where we're going to be. Um, Dwayne, I guess you'll be playing this weekend. That's yeah, we're, we're building up to Waikato this week, so um, hopefully find out tomorrow uh, once we name the team. But uh, yeah, pretty exciting. Uh, tough match for us. Um, Waikato's going quite well. Uh, probably the home team at the moment, so uh, should be should be a good battle. Um, and yeah, we're looking forward to it as well. Yep, obviously, um, Waikato sons of uh, Antoinette Brown and uh, Damon McKenzie. Um, but um, yeah, um, that means uh, Retina, um, a young uh, under twenties um, New Ze- um, Auckland player. Uh, sorry, New Zealand player will be coming in. So I'll be, I'll be looking at seeing how he goes. Um, had a chat with him last season. Uh, so yeah, lots of young talent um, on display there for that game. Um, Boa, you've got Satspert in your stats pert, um, stats expert in your in your title. Have you been uh, following the stats in the minor ten cup this year? Some of it, yes, I have. Have we seen any? So have you seen any differences between what we saw in the Super Rugby Aotearoa and minor ten cup? What 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 from a stats point of view have we seen that's, that's changed? Well, the gap between the ball staying live in play is starting to uh, get closer and closer. Because usually in test rugby, you know, you see about 40 to 45 minutes. So that's one complete half of ball live in play. So there's no stoppages. There's no whistle. It's all action. Uh, Super rugby this year, Super rugby at was almost as good as test rugby. So far in Mile 10 or NPC, we are looking around about 30 to 35 minutes. So I think that's a huge step forward. That's uh, accolade to the coaches, strength and conditioning uh, trainers, and also the players themselves. They work hard, they put the yards in, they fit, uh, they focus mentally. So that means there's more action on field, ball stays live in play. So it's great value for the fans. It's great viewing for uh, the TV audiences, the commentators, basically everyone. So I think that's uh, a real good indicator. You compare that against what's happening in the premiership in, uh, for example, England, you know, it's around about 20 to 22 minutes, which is quite abysmal. So you're for about an hour and uh, sort of 20 minutes, you're, uh, yeah, you're just ambling. Uh, whistle, stop, scrum, resets. Um, so that's that's a real positive sign we're seeing. So, Dwayne, have you have you actually felt that when playing um, that uh, the, the the ball in time uh, is is has stepped up at minor ten? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, the jump from Auckland Club Rugby to minor ten is definitely a, a massive jump with uh, ball in play. So, uh, personally, I feel it um, as a nine. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely there. But um, obviously, with uh, international experience, it, yeah, it's a bit a bit like that. What Boris said. Um, you know, ball and play is a lot longer. And uh, I felt it with the Mighty 10, um, you know, first sort of glimpse of it last week against Northland. Um, and, you know, the, the type of rugby and the brand that we play um, is, you know, keeping the ball alive. So, uh, yeah, we're definitely going to, the lungs will be, you know, be in the hospital soon trying to find some new lungs. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that definitely can feel it. Um, and those stats are getting closer to Super Rugby. And, um, the beauty about Mitre team this year is that a lot of the players are based, are from Super Rugby, um, and a lot of the All Blacks were playing um, as well in the last two weeks. So it'll be interesting to see how the stats will be uh, this coming week, especially with the All Blacks players uh, gone in vital positions. Um, Would be you know tens, nines, and also fullbacks as well, um, who, who tend to kick the ball, uh, keep it inside, um, and, and ball and players is quite long. So it'll be interesting to see how the stats are next week. So there you go, Bella. You've been given a you've been given a to do for for next week's show. Um, how, how does the uh, ball in play change? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give everyone a bit of a tip this week. So this week I've been doing some numbers, and I'm actually tipping the man on screen, Dwayne, to score a try, and Tasman <laughs> to win by nine points or lesser. There you go. Those are the numbers. You can't you you, you can't be. Oh dearie me. Um, so no pressure, Dwayne. No pressure. No comment. No comment. <laughs> No, you can't be doing that. 
Uh, take mute, mute Stephen. I'm quite excited about this game um, this weekend that you're playing against Waikato because you get to see um, Xavier Rowe firsthand. Um, that's if you're the starting halfback this weekend, uh, Dwayne. So I'm really excited about that. But I also wanted to ask you: having seen Danny Tusitala run around on the wing this year, and of course we saw uh, Jamie Booth running around on the wing for Manawatu and scoring a try. Is it any truth to the rumour that you're also wing cover for Tasman as well? I tell you what, the amount of outside backs we have made, I'll probably be the probably fiftieth option. To no, um, <laughs> no. Nah, nah, look, I tell you what, I'll probably whisper in uh, Goody's ear just to say, look, I'll, I'll have a run on the wing for about five minutes just to dot down. But uh, no, nah, we're, we're pretty blessed with, uh, with the outside backs that we have. Uh, we've got guys who can cover the uh, centres as well. So um, whether or not that'll happen, hopefully, hopefully that'll that'll be a, a dream. Yeah, I have got one more question before the for you, Dwayne, before we close the show. Um, yep. I've got a lot of mates who who ask a lot of questions about the current Auckland halfback, Jonathan, Jonathan Ruru. Now, I know he's a different style of halfback, very, very big halfback, very competitive halfback, but I've got a couple of friends, and, and even myself, having, having seen somebody like uh, both Danny Tusitala and um, is it Tofa uh, Funaki as well mm. from Marist, and on the occasion that I saw Funaki play, he just looked a really heady young young player. Who's who's the next? And I noticed those two boys are both in the Auckland squad. Is it is it time to unleash one of those young boys? Oh, yeah, I guess um, you're, you're never too young. Um, you know, if you're good enough, you're, you're able. Uh, and it just probably depends on the style that Auckland wanting to play. Um, you know, I can't really comment on that. Uh, but. Mm. Yeah, they're probably diff- definitely different styles. Uh, Ruru's big, strong. Um, it was almost like an extra loose forward. Um, and, and will be good for games like Wellington, who came in with a bigger pack uh, and, and were very confrontational uh, and definitely defended uh, Auckland actually quite well. Um, Auckland, who have X-Factor across the park um, and, and just defended really well. So it just depends on the, the style they want to play. Um, and yeah, it, it probably does take a, a chance their arm and, and just give one of those young boys a, a run um, because you won't know unless you try sort of thing. So mm-hmm. you can go for the season and, and stay safe um, or, you know, give them 20 minutes here and there or um, give them after 20 minutes, give them 40. Um, you know, I'm not a coach, but I, I, I'm guessing as a, if I was a young nine in the Auckland system, I'll be itching to get an opportunity. Five minutes, 10 minutes, Give me twenty, you know, I'll, I'll definitely take it with both hands. So I'm, I'm sure those boys are itching to go, uh, but it probably just depends on the coach's style um, and what they see in the next coming weeks. Maybe they're saving them for the next coming weeks. Who knows? Glad you haven't had a haircut too, mate. Some of the halfbacks, some of these haircuts, uh, they're running around oh, with at the moment. But all, uh, I thought my old I'd man see... will probably give me a call right away. So yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd actually thought I'd seen everything, and then I saw Joe Webber on Saturday evening, and I thought, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, I don't know the the crook, the bar's yeah, been raised or the bar came yeah. down. One of the two. Uh, yeah, it's right in between that one. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't, yeah, that's a, that's definitely a different one. Yeah, I was, I was going to chat with Danny and say, look, you, you, your, hair, your hair's not outlandish, outlandish enough anymore. We can't spot you. Um, but then, then I noticed he had this little, um, little, little kind of uh, little plat right there. Kind of like, what's that? that's got to get in his eye line, which must be especially distracting for a nine. Um, but Stephen, I was going to say you. Um, Talking, thinking about that tennis player we had at the uh, during the, mo- the morning sports briefing this morning on his birthday, only having one lung. Uh, I say Dwayne's got to be got to feel lucky. He's got two lungs to run around with, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez, oh, <laughs> yeah. That, I'm I'm feeling blessed now. Yeah, I'm pretty lucky. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much, Boa. Thank you very much, Dwayne. Thank, thank you very much, Stephen, for joining us this evening. Don't forget, we'll be back at eight pm tomorrow. Uh, sorry, next Monday um, with your. Um, rugby union fix uh, and you can join us at 7am every single morning for the morning sports briefing your best way to start the day up to speed with all of the important sports news mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market normally being a little extra can be a bit much 
But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 